Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. Um, this morning I've been wrestling. How many people wrestle with the Lord? You know, when Jacob wrestled with God, he got a new name. It's pretty cool. His name was Jacob, and God said, your name is Israel, and that means the one who wrestles with God. We're to wrestle with the Father because there's so much in God for us. Is that right? He says that you have been granted to know the mysteries of my kingdom. Wow. That you and I have been given the right to know everything in the kingdom. Who's the king of the kingdom? Jesus. Jesus came to reveal the kingdom of God, didn't he? He came to bring his kingdom to the earth, the Bible says. He said, church, you need a complete mindset shift because my kingdom is now on earth. And as subjects of that kingdom, you are to live in and from the kingdom, which means the kingdom ways are completely different to the world's ways. The kingdom operational system is completely and entirely back to front from this world system. So the people of God who are ambassadors of this other kingdom on earth are to look, sound, act completely different to the people of the world. In fact, the Bible goes and says that we are aliens. That's pretty good, eh? I watch too many movies. We're called to not live from our flesh, but to live from the Spirit. We are called, chosen, hand-selected by heaven. To live a life that others would look at and go, how is that possible? How can you love like that? How is it that you have something in you, you have a capacity and an ability to live in a way that I can't? What is that? And the answer is that we know somebody and have a living reality with somebody that they don't. Why? Because you and I have taken the time to wrestle. Jacob got hit on the hip, didn't he? And he walked, the Bible says, with a limp, a limp of humility. See, Jacob was one of the most arrogant men on the planet before God got hold of him. Do you know who else was? Do you know who else is? We're full of something, aren't we? (laughs) Now, I'm not going to be rude today, but we're full of something. It's called self. And yet God says you're my chosen one before the foundation of the earth. Before you ever had a chance to fall, before you ever had a chance to be born, before you ever had a chance to get anything wrong, I foresaw you before the foundations of the earth, and I already named you and called you for a macro plan do you know it 
Do you know why you were given life? Do you know his heart for the church and his macro plan for the church? Have you wrestled with God and God has said, you know what, well done, Bill. You've been granted to know the macro, the mysteries, the kingdom that is not of this earth. What an invitation. And the words I got when I was praying for you guys were these. Weakness is the pathway to strength. You say, what? Weakness is the pathway to strength. You see, man says, no, strength is the pathway to strength. Be strong. Come on, you're called, you're gifted, you're filled. Be strong. And there's an element of truth to that. But which way round do we look at that? Because it was Paul, the great man, who said, I strive according to the power that's working within me to see the church be complete in Christ, meaning the bride of Christ. He said, I'm striving. I'm on fire. I've got so much life in me. But you know what? It doesn't come from me. It used to. It used to come from me. My name was Saul. And I used to think I was somebody. In fact, I used to think I was the Hebrew of Hebrews. I used to think I was this. I used to think I was that. I used to think I was that. And I was way above my time. I was the scholar of all scholars. I was somebody, man. And then he met somebody. And things drastically started to shift. Weakness. If you want to be strong in the Lord, you first have to be weak. It just went silent. (laughs) Our strength, our human strength must be laid at the foot of the cross and be defined by the cross. So then we can actually come into a strength that actually fuels our entire lives while we're here. Have you wrestled with the Father yet to find this place? The Bible says, unless you fall upon the rock, you will always be strong. I'm paraphrasing. It says, fall on the rock. You don't want the rock to fall on you. But see, in modern day Christianity, there's, this message hardly gets preached because we're all trying to do something. And I am a man who wants to see things move and happen, and I want to see the church built, but not through human effort, not through human exertion. Not through human strength, man, that just leads to disillusionment, frustration, and burnout. Do you know how many people burn out in ministry like James and me and Viv and Danielle? <laughs> why do you think that is? Have you ever stopped to ask yourself why there's so much burnout in the body of Christ? I'll say to you because we haven't yet come through the pathway of weakness to strength, where we're still trying to do. Are you still trying to be a good Christian? Are you still trying to keep the rules? Are you still trying? Do you know rules without relationship leads to rebellion? See, we're to be an obedient people, but it's motivated by love and it's activated through faith. And if we're not there yet, then... Obedience comes from discipline activated through trust. But the Father wants us in this power. He wants us to experience His life 
within us. Amen. And I believe this is the message God would have me share with you. Romans 8 verses 13 just says this. Just stay with me. Don't go there. But just listen to these words. Romans 8 13. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. If you are living according to the flesh, you must die. Which means it's possible as a follower to live by the flesh, yes? So it's fully possible to live your life as a follower of Jesus by the flesh. Well, do you think if you live by the flesh, you're going to experience the life in the Spirit? No. You're going the complete opposite way to the life He wants, doesn't He? And He says you must die. Can you kill yourself? Well, you can physically, can't you? But I mean in the Spirit. We try to, don't we? We say things like this, I must die to myself. I must die to myself. Have you ever tried that? And who, who's, who's overcome that one? You try to put yourself on the cross. It doesn't work too well. Eh? You find yourself doing the same thing. You know, your spirit has a desire. The spirit's willing, yeah? But the flesh always trips you up, yeah? So you have this thing and you call spirit and flesh and the spirit wants to do the thing God asked it to do. But I don't know, all of a sudden my flesh trips me up. Paul said it like this, the things I have a desire to do, I can't seem to do. But the things I want to do, I don't seem to find myself doing. Why? Because I've tried to do them in my strength. I'm trying to do it out of my flesh. Stop trying. Stop trying to be a good follower and surrender. Greg, that sounds so countercultural. Yeah, it is to the world. It's not in the kingdom of heaven. It's the right way. So many people I know are trying. They try. They have these words, I have to pray. I have to read. I have to turn up on a Sunday. Oh man, then they're going to ask me for money. And I have to give. And there's this language that comes to, I have to, I have to, I have to. It's language of the flesh. So he's saying here that if we live by the flesh, then we must die. Jesus didn't say die to yourself. He said deny yourself. But if by the Spirit you are put into death the deeds of the body, you will live. So how do we die? By the power of the Spirit. The Spirit's role is to transform me. It's the Holy Spirit's job to change me. It's the Holy Spirit's job to lead me into the fullness of the truth. And Jesus said the truth is to be in you, not just covering you, Greg. So it's the Holy Spirit has been commissioned, commissioned with God to what? Bring you and I into the macro, the fullness of life in Christ within me, then coming through me. Why? So I would no longer live by my flesh and live in the Spirit, by the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. Doesn't the Bible say the sons of God walk in the Spirit, live by the Spirit? Are you sons? Yes, if you know Christ, if you've received Christ because you've been adopted into a family. So then the challenge and the opportunity that we have 
is are we living our lives in the Spirit, by the Spirit, from the Spirit, through the Spirit? For only then will we receive the fullness of life, the Bible says. You see, there's this beautiful picture of Jesus and his 12 in the Garden of Gethsemane, isn't it? They've just broken bread. Think about that. Who's the bread of life? So they have this bread and they have this wine. Jesus said, eat my flesh and drink my blood, otherwise you'll have no life in you. So what's he doing? He's leading them. He's showing them something. You see, when we partake of the bread of life, Jesus, and the blood of Jesus, what do you think you're going to have in you? Life. Life to live by the Spirit. More and more and more. But what happens to them? They come into the garden, and Jesus asks them to what? Keep watch with me. <laughs> Keep watch with me. Be able to see from the Spirit, hear in the Spirit. He invites them into his world, yes? Are you and I invited into his world? It's a world of the Spirit, isn't it? It's a whole different reality, remember? It's not like the world we used to get from. It's not the world we used to eat from or drink from. It has a completely different food resource from where we've all come from. It's no longer about eating Big Macs. It's about eating Jesus, drinking of Jesus. What did the Bible say? Man cannot live on that stuff, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, the God of this kingdom. So this kingdom has a whole different food source, but... The picture is prophetically as they were eating and drinking of the natural but hadn't yet come into the realm of the spiritual, which means they could actually stay awake. Because what are they doing? They'd fallen asleep. Were they bad people? No. These were the men that he was going to start using to help build the church on the earth. But they're asleep, aren't they? So the commandment was, can you please stay awake and watch with me and pray? They were having a good old knees up. How many times did he have to come back? Three. Guys, are you still asleep? My time has come. I hope you'll be praying at two o'clock next Sunday. Because that was the invitation. And pray for what God's doing. And you won't be found anywhere else but in prayer. Because that was the invitation. Can you keep watch with us as we go and minister to the Lord? Would you pray with us so the power of God comes? But see, these three guys, they're asleep. Why? Because their spirit was willing, but their flesh was weak. You see, they hadn't yet journeyed through the transition of weakness to strength. Now, as you track this story along, do you know what you see? You see this guy called Peter. And they come to Jesus, don't they? And the guards are there and they're coming to arrest him. We know the story. What does Peter do? What's his response? Say it. What does he do? He gets his pocket knife out. He's got this sword out. Now, one minute he's sleeping. When he's asked to pray, he's sleeping. 
And all of a sudden now, he's got his knife out. He's got a sword out because he knows they're coming for his Lord, yes? And what does he do? He chops the dude ear off. Was he asked to chop the guy's ear off? What was he asked to do? See, not only was he asleep, he couldn't hear the word of the Lord. He was dead to the word of the Lord. You know, the Bible says faith comes through the ability to hear the word of God. Well, he can't hear anything because he's got plenty of strength in his flesh now. He's right in the battle. You come in this way, woof. Jesus turns and says to him, what are you doing, man? Do you not know this has to happen? Do you not know that I could send a legion of angels down to protect me if I want? For it has been prophesied. It has been written in blood that this would take place. What are you doing? And Peter's answer would have been this, living from the flesh. You see, he had plenty of strength for the flesh. He had no strength in the spirit. Are we like that? Are we Peter? Or are we the new Peter? Because that Peter, the old Peter who lobbed off the ear, had to go through the pathway of weakness to strength. His strength had to die. But he couldn't change himself, could he? It wasn't him that changed himself at Pentecost. It was the strength of the Lord that came upon him. We're no different. He's a model for us. And you know what's so cool thing? I heard it through the prayer is that God's love doesn't, isn't defined by our behavior. Isn't that awesome? That while we're trying to live our lives out in the flesh, wondering why we're getting the same thing over and over and over, you realize this? You try the same thing over and over and over, get the same result. So you try it this way, that way, this way, this way, this way, that way, that way. And all of a sudden, after I don't know how many years, you still find yourself back at the same spot. Anyone experience that and you go how does this because I'm doing all the right things and I'm trying but God said yeah but it's not about your trying it's about me doing as you surrender and then and only then would you come into this life son where it's flowing in you and you will be used but you won't be the one doing it you will go, you will be faced, you will be placed in other nations and other countries and in Auckland and Wellington but you know what it won't be you doing it, it's me. And you can rest in this. And I love these words, it's in Romans 8. I mean, we need to capture this bit of, by the spirit you are putting to death the flesh of the body, you will live. You see, there is this incredible life to come into in here. And this is the message I've preached, I think every time I've come here to some degree, because I know of this life and I'm coming to more of this life. And it's an abundant eternal life in Christ. Meaning not eternity, eternal. It has an eternal substance. It's from another realm. See, eternal and temporal, the Bible says, doesn't it? We are not called to live from the temporal. 
We don't live by what we see in the physical. We live by faith, which is sight in the spirit. And if we can see it in the spirit, we can then receive it and live from it. But if we can't see it, then how do we live from it? We can't. Just come with me to 2 Corinthians 12. 2 Corinthians 12. And we see this great man by the name of Paul. Do you know God is the great allower? You know, he allows things to happen. What for? For our growth, our maturity. Gifts are given, aren't they? So gifts are given to us. We don't earn them. He gives us gifts. But fruit is grown. You see, God gives gifts gifts to the church but the church may be immature so with the gift because we don't have the maturity of the spirit we can chop people's ears off Peter with the truth that you've been given the gift that you've been given you can carve up people can't we chop chop chunk chunk um. I told them the truth yeah, that was the truth, but now you've got a body that looks like a, an operation place here, and we've got arms and legs and bits and pieces, and I came for one body, not parts of bits. Because there's not the maturity to handle the gift that was given. You see, maturity has grown, but gifts are given. And the Bible says the gift and the calling are irrevocable, which means God does not take them back. So there's this thing called maturity that the church needs to come into so it can actually handle the gift that's been given because the gift can actually destroy you. We know plenty of people, don't we, who actually have incredible gifts in ministry and their lives have been ruined. Why? Because they had no maturity. They can look like they're mature. Why? Because they lay hands on sick people and they cast out demons and they do all the works. But you know what? No maturity. Because their lives are a mess. They're doing all sorts of stuff behind the scenes that no one can see. And they have all these massive ministries. And then what happens? Crash. And who goes crashing with them? Their churches or God's church. Why? Because there's no maturity because fruit has grown. And it's grown over time. And it matures. So how does this fruit grow? It grows through coming through weakness. It grows through you and I letting go of our strength, our ability, our giftings that we've been given maybe. I feel like there's a message coming to the rock. Leave your gifts at the door. Now enter. Because we want the first place priority in our hearts, which is what? Love. And not human love. Heavenly love. So here we see Paul, and God allows something to come on Paul. So 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7. Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting 
myself. This is the Apostle Paul. This is the man that God let right imitate me as I imitate the Christ. There's obviously things still in this man that need to be outworked. So God allows him to have a thorn in his flesh. God is the great allower, not for the purpose of punishing you and I, for bringing us into life. And see, this is the challenge because sometimes for the thing God allows, because he wants us to take us through the valley of weakness into strength, we run away from. And we make excuses like, oh, this isn't God, this is Satan. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's God full on. And we don't have eyes and ears to hear or see it because we're actually afraid. And God's trying to take us through something that we need to grow us. But because of our perspective of Christianity, that messes us up because we think God is the giver of all good stuff and he is. But what's good in his eyes isn't necessarily good in my eyes. So he does what's best for me, not necessarily what I want. And through my surrender, I can come into life. You see, the Bible says where the paths meet, wisdom cries out. Where the paths meet, which means we will have the choice to choose another path. And right here, God's allowing something of Paul to, Paul to experience. Why? Because of what God wants to do, Paul. And Paul comes into this life. And he says, I implore you, Lord, three times that it might leave me. Number three is everywhere, isn't it? And God said to him, my grace, meaning my power, is sufficient for you. For power, his power is perfected in what? Weakness. Now, now we're called to be strong. Yep, we are. But his strong, his strength in us. Not out of my human ability. Not out of my ability as a human being to make stuff happen. We can make heaps happen, can't we? We can build towers of Babel, can't we? Man can do incredible things out of leadership, charisma, gifting, the gifts God has given, the calling God. Man can do much. Do you know it can all be in vain? Do you know how you know if it's in vain? Get a pinprick and prick and you'll see what comes out as to whether it's in vain or not. The greatest way to know you've got anything in you of really any substance is when you're tested. You'll know whether you actually truly are being built on the inside or whether you just have been covered by truth. When things go against you or God allows a test to come upon you, you will see truly where you're at with the Lord in your relationship. Not as a punishment, but to show you your true state. Wouldn't you want to know if you actually were in a false reality thinking you were in a true one? So God in his grace and his mercy and in his love for us will actually want to put us through things to truly show you where you're at, not for the purpose of punishment, but for the purpose of you coming into this abundant life. Do you want the life that's in Christ in you? Not just to move and sign the wonders, which are awesome, but in you. I do. And I'm wrestling for it every day with him. 
I remember our little Lily, who's now nine, and Maddie, who's now 12, and they're quite tall. So Madeline is about here as a 12-year-old, and Lily's about here. But they love to wrestle with me. They love to get down and rumble. And you've got to be careful because knees and elbows and fists fly everywhere. It's like, oh, my goodness. And they get up on the couches and they're up here right high. This was especially Lily. She was fearless. And she's like WWE, The Rock, you know. Yeah! And she's launched. And if you're not watching, you get a knee in the kidney or whatever. And boom! And oh, it's all full on. And then the other one jumps in and Dad gets beaten up. And they love it. Lily would say, I love it when we whistle, Dad. She couldn't quite pronounce the R. It was whistle. Can we whistle? Can we have another whistle? I said, you want a whistle? No, I want a whistle. A wrestle. Yeah, 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 yeah. And see, from wrestling, we come into life in us. But we must go through, and it's almost continuous at times, this pathway of weakness to strength. We must serve from the strength of God within us. Otherwise, it's our strength. I don't know about you. If you serve from your strength, when you don't get the thank you, when you don't get honoured, when you don't get a position, when you don't get the thing you're looking for because you're serving out of you and not Him and it doesn't turn up, what happens? Man, I've met plenty of followers of Christ and I'm trying to lead them who they just are serving themselves because they've got a gift and they want to serve themselves with their gift, not the body. See, no one's glorified by that. But when you serve from the strength that God gives you in 1 Peter 4.11, as it says, you serve from the strength of heaven. You're not looking for any of that stuff. You serve with a complete open heart. Why? Because you've journeyed through from physical strength into spiritual strength. And through the change, you're no longer trying to exalt yourself. You're humble and then you get exalted. But you don't go looking for a thank you. You don't go looking for anything. Why? Because He's enough. He is enough. He completes you to the full. So if you get a thanks, it's a bonus. But you don't go looking. So many people go looking for the thank you. Have you noticed that? Even their language is they're throwing out hooks trying to get a thank you. No, no one appreciates me around here. No one, no one sees what I do. That church doesn't love me. But when we serve, see, when you've come through this valley, this, 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 this pathway, and this is what Paul's saying. He says, then you're strong. Then you're strong with a, a, another strength, a new strength. And he goes on. He says, most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. That's hard for us, amen. Boast about your weakness. I will boast about my inability to change me. I will boast about my absolute inability to know God without God. Why? Because once you've come to this place of weakness, it's a celebration. Once you've actually come to this place of being humbled, it's an absolute beautiful place because then and only then do you really start to realize 
who you are without him and who you are with him. And you let go of trying to actually do this thing because you realise you can't. So you boast at your inability to do anything. That's really hard for the flesh. That's why the flesh must die. And it's only, only a position that the Holy Spirit can lead you to. Only Him. Outside of that, it will look foolishness. And you'll hear me right now and you're going, that guy's an idiot. Why did we invite him? He knows nothing. That is ridiculous what he's saying. That's what the Bible says, doesn't it? It says many will look on the cross and say it's foolishness and it will be a stumbling block. But to those who are actually being saved, it is the power of God. See, for man to look at the cross, that was ridiculous. (sighs) You're the Messiah and you're dead or dying. If you were the Messiah, save yourself, man. What an idiot. That was power. That was wisdom. But to the world and its ways, it looks stupid. Simple. Write it off, don't we? But here's the challenge. Your life and the evidence of your life will tell you which way you're in. That's the kicker. See, it's the evidence that convicts someone in a court of law, isn't it? It's the evidence that sends them. So it's the evidence of our lives. Our lives are the evidence of our life in Christ. Once again, it's not that we're bad people. It's nothing to do with that. He loves us. We're his children. He's our father. But we have an opportunity to come into a victorious life in Christ now, today. Not tomorrow. Today. You know the two guys on the cross? Being crucified with Christ. They're a prophetic picture of yesterday and tomorrow. One of them says we deserve to be here because of our life and he's focusing on his past. The other one is talking about the future. When you come into your kingdom, yes? What does Jesus say? Jesus messes him up big time. He says, today you're with me. See, Jesus wasn't going to paradise for a while. He was going into the earth, wasn't he? So he says, no, today you're with me in paradise. We're going to get there tomorrow, but today is the day. Today is the day that you can come into this eternal life. Today is the day you can know stuff. Today is the day. It's not yesterday and it's not in the future. It's now. It's a now word. What did Jesus say to the woman? The Messiah is coming. He said, today I have arrived. A time is coming. It's now. See, today was ordained from heaven that you'd be here and I'd be here and you'd hear this, that today is the day that you can experience this full life. And we say this, that was an interesting chat. Or do we say, what are you talking about, man? Because I'm hearing something about a life that's available in the spirit, but There must be this letting go of my weakness to come into it, or my flesh. Yeah, that's right. And the challenge for the church is when we hear something that's outside of our perspective or our realm or reality, what do we do? Do we just write it off, or do we run into the Spirit to see if it's true? That's the challenge. And if we write it off, then we write it off, and we'll never know. 
But if we run to God and ask God and seek God and ask God and ask God and ask God and knock and knock and knock and knock and ask and ask and ask and seek and seek and seek and wrestle, he may just say, yes, this is of me because it's been granted for you to know the mysteries of all my kingdom. Wow. Paul goes on, and I'll finish with this. So that the power of Christ may dwell in you. Now that means to never leave. Acts 1.8 I'm going to send you a promise. It's a promise. Be found in an upper room. And don't leave until the Spirit comes what? Upon you. And I will fill you with power. Where from? On high. By this stage, they'd gone through the garden. They, he denied Christ. He was a broken, and they were a broken people. They'd been in repentance for some time. Their hearts were soft and ready to receive. He says, this can dwell in you, this power, as I do this work in you. Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties, for whose sake? Christ's sake. That's really important. Not our sake. I'm well content with insults. You see, you come into a life in Christ and you start living it and not necessarily everyone understands it. And it actually can put the fear in people because of insecurity, they start judging themselves by what they see and they might go, well, I'm not in that, so then I feel little. Or I actually attack it because it's not my reality and it makes me feel insecure. Are you content with insults? Why, Greg? Because we've journeyed through the pathway of being weak to strength. So I've got something far greater living in me now that's defining what's coming at me. Can you hear who we've been invited to be? Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing, rather than I'm going to chop an ear off because I'm living from my flesh. Now, I have the capacity within me called love to love on the offence because love covers a multitude of sin, the Bible says, and I'm talking about in the house, never mind further outside the house. Love covers a multitude of flesh. Why? So flesh can actually die and we can all start living by the Spirit. So where the Spirit, there's no offence because there's no offence in the Spirit. There's only offence when flesh and Spirit turn up together. Amen? For they are anti one another. He's saying, because I've journeyed through this, I am content with weaknesses, insults, distresses, persecutions. For momentary light affliction. What was that? Stoning to death, beaten up, left on the street. This is momentary light affliction compared to what? The eternal glory. Because the man had journeyed through with God 
allowed God to do a work within him. He didn't do it. He allowed God to do a work within him. Our role is to surrender and stop trying. And then, as that's, we're moving with God and walking with God, because it's a both and an and scenario, God does it on the journey, doesn't he? As we obey God. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves with this inner strength, this power from heaven, this ability to live beyond what's natural. How do you live like this? It's not me. It's him in me. Christ in the church is the hope of glory. Not Greg or uh, James or Danny in the church. Not me in me. It's the spirit in me. Christ is the spirit. Because I'm walking through and allowing the true process He says then, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Indestructible. Not built on a physical law, but built what? On a covenant of the Spirit. An indestructible seed. An imperishable seed that the world can't touch because it's not from the world. It's from the kingdom of God. Where does the seed come? Into my heart. It grows. What through? The power of spirit. Not through my ability to try and grow it, speak to it, but through God's ability to grow it. Through my surrender, through my weakness, through my frailty, through my inability. Then I'm strong. Why? Because I know the one of strength. And I live from this new place, not this old place, this new place. And with it comes faith, not trust, faith. The ability to see in the unseen realm. Faith is the currency of the kingdom. Just like money is the currency of the earth, faith, the ability to see what is, what is finished, written, done, and receive it by that reality of sight and then live. That's the story of Matthew 15 with the Syrophoenician woman, to which Jesus said, you have great faith, lady. Not great trust. See, trust comes from knowing God. Faith comes from hearing God. So she walked into a room with an ability to see what was on offer and she walked straight up to him with all the physical difficulties that were in front of her like she was a woman, she was a sinner, the disciples wanted her out, Jesus didn't even want her to be there. He said, I've only come for the lost tribe of Israel. And she, because of her faith, because she journeyed through this process, walked straight through all that and said, yes, Lord, but even... The dogs eat from their master's table. I know who I am because this is not based on a physical law of bloodline. This is based on a spiritual promise that was given to Abraham. And I'm a child of Abraham. So I come before you today, even though there's all this physical reality that should be against me. But I don't let it get in front of me or against me. Why? Because I know who I am because I've journeyed through and I know what's on offer. And Jesus looked and went, Wow, you have great sight. And she was a nobody but a somebody. Do you know that's who we're to be? Nobodies but somebodies. 
the world looks at us and goes, God looks at us and says, this is my A team. <laughs> there's no B team and there's no B plan. It's us. And he says, I've given you my spirit and my power, but you've got to let go of you to come into this life. And then when you're weak and you realize this, then I'll put a strength in you. And then you'll live beyond this earth. You'll serve her, but she's not your home. Your home is with me. What an invitation. So I pray that encourages you. I pray it fills you. I pray it challenges you. I pray it will have you running to, into his presence and asking, seeking, knocking, and knocking on the door whether this guy from Wellington was a nutter or whether he actually spoke some real stuff. So Father,